Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey, and it's Friday, the 18th of September, 2020. What is it about the wise? What is it about people that just possess wisdom and even all that comes along with wisdom? I mean, even when I think of a wise person, I think of somebody that's not super easily worked up, somebody that's not very um, anxious. I think of somebody that's that's steady, that's that's calm. Why is it? Why are the wise that way? And I think we see one of the answers today as we wrap up what I've really been enjoying, reading through Psalm 107. And if you look at the last verse there, Psalm 107, 43, it says, whoever is wise... Let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. You want to be wise? Then you need to consider, which I love even that word, even in English. It has this idea of it's, a, it's not just thinking. It's, it's kind of a strong thinking to think about something in a, in a deeper way, to look at it from several angles. Let us consider the steadfast love of the Lord. And even like I said, the wise, they always strike me as steady people. Well, here we see one of the reasons a human, a wise person can be steady is because of the steadfast love of the Lord. And if we are wise, we will consider that. And even as we wrap up Psalm 107 today, I want us to think a little bit about Psalm 106 and 107 together. These are two longer Psalms that we've now spent the better part of the last couple weeks slowly reading through. And they both begin with that familiar refrain, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Both Psalms begin that way. Uh, Psalm 106 is a much sadder Psalm. Because it is reflecting on the rebellion of God's people and how they disobeyed him. And what does it sum up as what that looked like in Psalm 106 verse 7? It says that our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. And then even in spite of their rebellion, we see some of the mercy of God in verse 45, for their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. And then we got into chapter seven, which shows all these different pictures of salvation, people wandering in deserts, people lost in a storm at the sea, people in prison. And there is that refrain saying, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love and for his wondrous works to the children of man. So we see one Psalm where the people are rebelling and it says they are forgetting the abundance of his steadfast love. And then we see the next Psalm, all these verses celebrating and calling people to thank God for his steadfast love and ending with this call in verse 43, that if you want to be wise, you need to attend to these things and you need to consider, you need to think about, you need to ponder, you need to meditate on the steadfast love of the Lord. 
So let's just bring this right back to you right now today. Do you know what is going to make a bigger difference today for your soul, uh, for your life, than your circumstances? Whether or not you are considering and remembering the steadfast love of the Lord. And I even just love how that's always put, the steadfast love of the Lord. That God's love is, is sure it is unchanging. It is inexhaustible, right? You don't have to worry that, you know, today might be the day, the first day in your life where the steadfast love of God runs out. You don't need to worry about that. But we forget that way too much. And so many times we wake up and we are starting a new day and we get so caught up in our circumstances when what God wants us to do is, no, let's consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Let's think about it. Let's think about how we see it in the Old Testament. Let's think about how we see it in the New Testament. Let's think about how we see it through Jesus Christ. Let's remember how God has shown us, shown it to us in our lives. Let's even just look back to yesterday and consider how did God show me his steadfast love yesterday. And let's look forward to today with anticipation that the steadfast love of the Lord will, well, continue to be steadfast and unfailing and unchanging from now until forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let's think about that. Let's celebrate that. Let's remember that. Let's thank God for that. And as we get into the New Testament, let's realize that other people need to be reminded of that. Now, one of my favorite passages, a clear exhortation we're going to see in Hebrews chapter 3, where we're looking at verses 7 through the end of the chapter today. And verses 12 to 14 have always stood out to me. It says in verse 12, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so there, there's a clear call that we need to be encouraging, even exhorting, which is like a stronger word than encouraging people every day, as long as it is called today, that we may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And that's the context. He's talking again, even about the people in the wilderness and how they rebelled against God and how they were hardened in their hearts. And what did we read in Psalm 106? What was one of the reasons they rebelled? They forgot the abundance of God's steadfast love. So we kind of see two sides. God wants us to think about the abundance of his steadfast love and to consider it and to remember it. But it talks about our hearts being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So God is calling us to look at his steadfast love, but every day sin is lying to us. It is lying to you. It is lying to your family. It is lying to your friends and trying to get them to, to forget about the steadfast love of Christ, to try to get them to fixate on their temptations or their trials or whatever it may be. And so we have a sacred task as Christians to look out for our brothers and sisters, knowing that sin is whispering lies in our ears every single day. And we need to remind each other of the steadfast love of the Lord. 
and to encourage one another and to remind each other, hey, sin is lying to you today, but God is true and his love is steadfast. So I would encourage you even today to think of some specific people that you could reach out to, even if it's just as simple as a text message saying, I am praying for you today. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And who do you need to reach out to and encourage? Because if you have a small group at the church or you have friends that are believers, guess what? Sin is lying to them today. Sin is trying to get their attention off of the steadfast love of the Lord. And as brothers and sisters, we can step in and remind each other of that. So who are you going to exhort? And it clearly says, do this every day. When days go by that we don't encourage a brother or sister in Christ, We have failed to do what God has called us to do. Encourage somebody, exhort each other every day. Sin is lying to us. And if we are wise, we need to consider the steadfast love of the Lord. And let's encourage others to do that as well. Well, our other New Testament passage, we kind of wrap up this season of Stump Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 20. and, And they come and they ask the question I like to call, Seven Brothers for a Bride, uh, where they concoct this, you know, kind of outlandish scenario where there was this law that, you know, if a brother died, his his wife was supposed to, you know, then take and marry the widow um, to support her so she wasn't just destitute. Um, And so they concoct this scenario where, you know, seven brothers, you know, a wife kind of goes through all of them because they all keep dying. And then, you know, the Sadducees, which again, classic church pun, they did not believe in the resurrection. That's why they were so sad, you see. Um, But they're trying to, you know, trip Jesus up on the resurrection. And Jesus, again, turns it back on their head. One, and usually we get fixated on this, that we're not going to be given in marriage in heaven. And we kind of trip out on that. And we need to remember, you know what? I think God knows what he's doing. And I think heaven's going to be awesome. So I don't think we need to fixate on that too much. Um, But he really tries to bring it home to, you guys don't understand the Bible if you don't know that there's a resurrection. And again, why do I believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God, that it is without error? Well, Jesus does things like this. He bases an argument for theology on grammar saying, hey, what does, uh, what does God say? He, he says that he, he is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You know, not that he was, that he is. And he makes that argument saying, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're alive because the, this resurrection thing, it's going to happen. And uh, that was an important argument that Jesus makes, really trying to point them to the scriptures. And later on, he points out the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, that they're really missing the point and they're making it all about themselves. Uh, finally, we get back to the book of Isaiah today, really enjoying reading through this. And if I could summarize today's four chapters, um, it's really focusing, and we picked this up some from yesterday as well. God is wanting his people to trust him, not to trust the, the Assyrians, not to look for help from, from anyone else. And we see that in a lot of different ways and we see God's judgment and we see him continuing to pronounce woes on the people in chapter nine. And then we also see in chapter 10, he's, you know, you shouldn't, not only should you not be trusting Assyria, I'm going to judge Assyria. 
because they got arrogant and I brought them in as a tool of my wrath, but they thought it was all about them. And there's that very powerful image in chapter 10, verse 15, where God says, shall the ax boast over him who hews with it? Basically, he's saying, hey, Assyria, you were the ax I used to bring judgment. Should the ax get proud um, realizing you couldn't have done anything without somebody swinging the axe and God saying, I was the one swinging the axe. And so he says he's going to humble Assyria. But we even see there that God predicts a future day where not the people will do what he says, where they will trust God instead of anyone else. And you see that in chapter 10, verse 20, where it says, in that day, the remnant of Israel and the survivors of the house of Jacob will no more lean on him who struck them, referring to the Assyrians, but will lean on God, the Holy One of Israel in truth. And then we see, especially in chapter 11, we see the forecast of a day, really, of a Messiah reigning here and doing what is right and doing what is just. And even this is where we see the wolf dwelling with the lamb, the leopard laying down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the children playing with all these dangerous animals. Now, really, I think talking about the future kingdom where Jesus will reign on this earth. And so there's one of those passages we look at and say, well, this is still yet to be fulfilled. And we're looking forward to this day. And there's something for us to learn in the meantime that, okay, we might not be tempted to trust the Assyrians like the Israelites were, but that until Jesus is here reigning on this earth, you know what? We can trust God instead of trusting uh, finances or trusting Uh, any political system on this earth or anything else, we can put our trust in God. And we know that Jesus will come. He will reign. There will be justice. There will be righteousness. And we will sing like we talked about at church last Sunday on that day, really the song of chapter 12. And maybe that's a good song for you to just pray in anticipation of the day when Christ will return. But until then, one thing we can be absolutely sure of is we will never see the end of his steadfast love. So let's think about that today. And I want to encourage you to encourage somebody else with that today as well. Thank you for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.